bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other Hello and welcome to episode 105 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host Corinne Nidja and today on the show we have Adam and Shoshana Chaim from the Plant Trainers podcast. How lucky are we? I very much enjoyed this conversation and in this interview Adam and Shoshana will share their family's powerful health transformation after doctors discovered a tumour in Adam's kidney and initially advised he wouldn't live past the age of 40, which at the time Shoshana was pregnant. It just, I can, as a mother of two young children myself, I can't begin to imagine just how terrifying that was. It's unbelievable how their lives have transformed since that time and their health and the work that they're doing is wonderful I'm so happy that they're out there spreading this message about a whole food plant-based diet. You can find more from Adam and Shoshana over at planttrainers.com, P-L-A-N-T-T-R-A-I-N-E-R-S.com, including their podcast, recipes, blog, health coaching services, and their shop where they have their eBooks and I'm looking at it right now and I already want to get their Yummy Foods activity book for kids, print version, and easy recipes for busy parents ebook, meal planning, mastery, school lunches. I am so excited to get my hands on that as a mom of a boy with lunchbox needs. Now, I think I nail lunchboxes, but you're always, as a mum, when you've got so many days of school and so many years ahead of me, you're always looking for new ideas. So I'm very much excited to get my hands on a copy of that. They have a 21-day plant power party over there, health and wellness consultations with both of them, Shoshana and Adam. And yeah, definitely head on over there as well. And not to mention they have cute merchandise, t-shirts, beanies that you can get your hands on that say things like training for life, plant power and propelled by plants, which I like the look of for me personally, propelled by plants. It's a really, really great phrase because I think that's what we are, aren't we? Propelled by plants. So yeah, head over to planttrainers.com to for the podcast, for the health coaching services, recipes, and so much more, and all the ebooks I just mentioned. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast with the inspirational, ever enthusiastic Adam and Shoshana Chaim. Enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Thank We're you. grateful for being here. Okay, so I've given you a little bit of an introduction in the introduction of the episode. If you could just start by telling us your well, both your stories one at a time, obviously, about how you found this way of eating. 
Well, our stories basically intertwine. It starts with Adam's journey, really. Yeah. I mean, we started, well, I started, I guess, a long, long time ago when I was small and I was always into health and fitness. And I played a lot of sports growing up and I participated in a huge variety of them. And I got into weight training in high school. And that led me to doing a personal training certification. And I became a health and phys ed instructor, teacher in high school. And I thought I was in great shape. I thought I was very healthy. And then when I was about 36, that pretty much all changed. And it it really was an interesting situation because I was watching a football game, sitting on the couch, hanging out, and I felt this sharp pain come across my chest and into my left arm. And it kind of worried me a little bit. I I had known signs and symptoms of heart attacks. And I thought at 36, that's not something that should be happening to someone who was healthy and fit, or at least thought I was. And so I, I went to the hospital to get it checked out and they did a whole bunch of tests and they basically sent me home and they told me I was fine. And uh, a few weeks later, I got a call that I had to come into the doctor's office pretty urgently because they had found something they wanted to discuss. And so they told me that I have a very rare tumor on my kidney and they found that I guess when they did the ultrasound and they came across this tumor on my kidney which they told me I had to remove immediately because they didn't yet know if it was benign or malignant but they it looked suspicious yeah it looked very suspicious it was in a weird location and they wanted it to come out and so They had gone ahead and made me some appointments with an oncologist and they wanted me to remove my kidney immediately, which to me was kind of strange because it was taking something out without really knowing what it was. Was it necessary to remove the kidney? Was it not? Was it benign, malignant? Who knows? So it was very strange for them to just say, let's take it out. And I was kind of, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that goes to a doctor that likes to take medication, that likes to think about surgical procedures. And so I questioned that and I went for a second opinion. And the second doctor, the second oncologist said that he could remove the tumor, but it might damage the kidney and I might as well just take out the whole kidney because you could live with one kidney. And so I went to a third oncologist to get another opinion because I still wasn't satisfied. I didn't feel good about it. And this one told me that he could do a biopsy of the tumor to see if it was benign or malignant. And then we could go from there. And that made a lot more sense to me. It was much more of a logical procedure. And so I had the biopsy done. And after waiting for the results, I was told that it wasn't a cancerous tumor, which was good news. But it was such an odd tumor that it was, it looked like I had a rare genetic disorder called von Hippolandau disease. And they called it VHL. I didn't know what that meant. So I went to my friend Google and looked it up. Which he was advised not to. (laughs) Never do that because you'll find all kinds of information that you do or do not want to know. Yeah. And 
so I learned a little bit uh, about VHL, and I realized that VHL, what it does is it deposits tumors along your central nervous system, and it takes over your entire body. And the doctor basically told me that before I would be the age of 40, I would not be living any longer because most people with that disorder don't survive past the age of 40. And at the time, Shush was pregnant with our second child. So this was, it was a very traumatic experience at the time. And so I had a friend, I have a friend who's a neurologist and I called him up and I said, Hey, do you know anything about VHL? Can I, do I have it? Can I find out? Is there a way to know? And so he said the easiest way to figure it out is to start off by doing a retinal exam because the eye is a great window into your health and it can tell you a lot about what's going on in the body. And so I went to the ophthalmologist, I got the retinal exam done and I have the pictures, it's pretty crazy, but you could see um, into the eye and she told me that it doesn't look like I have the genetic disorder, which was great news. I still had to go for further testing, some blood tests and so on. But she said that it looked like I have the beginning stages of heart disease. My arteries in my eyes were all narrowing. They were faded. They were not bright red. There wasn't good blood flow. And so another shock to the system. Oh and Especially since we had lost a friend a couple of years before that. Um, he had a heart attack while playing floor hockey and left his wife and his two children behind. Yeah. So it was all too real for us. Yeah. And so for me to be told that I have the beginning stages of heart disease, I'm now 37 years old. I have one kid and another one on the way. It's devastating. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do about this? Because I don't like to take medication. I don't need surgery. I'm at the beginning stages of a life-threatening disease. I need to find a way to fix my body because you're telling me that it's broken right now. And I want to be around to see my kids grow up and be with my family. So I started to do my own research. I started to read some books, watch some videos. I came across Forks Over Knives, and uh, that was very eye-opening to me. And so that started me on the journey to look into uh, Dr. No Esselstyn. Yeah. A little foreshadowing there. <laughs> <laughs> um, to look into Dr. Esselstyn's books, and I found the China study. And then I came across an Ironman triathlete named Brendan Brazier, and you may have heard of him. Um, many people in the plant-based world have. And his books really spoke to me for some reason. And I know that might sound strange because he's an Ironman triathlete who's plant-based. And I'm looking at fixing myself from one of the most common diseases on the planet. But his book spoke to me more than Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, which is kind of a strange thing. But it spoke to me because he was an athlete. And I thought of myself as an athlete. And he was doing it eating plants and he was talking about how it impacted his body and the environment and his athleticism his performance and he was doing triathlons and i said this is very interesting that combined with the other research that i did watching forks over knives i said to to shush one night you know what tomorrow i'm going to be plant-based i'm going to wake up in the morning and that's it no more animals period and i said what's plant-based yeah and he said vegan and i said is that some kind of vegetarian <laughs> i didn't even know what vegan meant i knew it was something around those lines but i had no clue yeah and so i woke up the next morning and that's what i did i just 
went whole food plant-based and I didn't turn back. And it was a bit of a rough, rough time in our lives because we had already gone through a little bit of a nutritional change in the house because our son, we found out, had an allergy to wheat. And so we removed gluten from the diet. And I did that as well. So the house became a gluten-free zone. And now it's a vegan zone, a plant-based zone. A plant-based zone. And I was, you know, I was a new mom. I had, I I just had a baby. So I had, you know, the, had the blues and all those other things going on. I wasn't much of a cook and I just learned how to navigate a gluten-free world. And now all of a sudden I needed to pull out some of the easiest meals that I'd learned how to make. So it was kind of like starting from scratch. Um, but he was really good about it, about coming up with recipes, you know, finding recipes that he was going to make or that we were going to make together. And we would make a side dish that was his full meal. That was everybody else's side dish. Um, and that's how it kind of worked for the next little while. And the more he showed us and told us and I watched and by us, I mean, me and my two baby, <laughs> two babies, um, you know, um, you know, we, we started to make changes throughout the house. So it went from no more red meat or chicken, making the occasional fish and eggs, you know, still having dairy. And then it went to just fish outside the house. Um, and then eggs and dairy that was for you though, not for me. Well, yeah, I for was... me, he was, he went completely overnight. Like that was it for him. But in terms of my transition and the kids transition, it took me about six to eight months to catch up. I really needed to understand I didn't quite understand yet that that was what had made him sick and that was what was going to make him better because, you know, even though I had seen everything that I was watching and reading, I still didn't believe that I was sick because I was, besides the fact that I'd just given birth, I, I'd been a decent weight. Um, my mental health wasn't stable, but I really didn't have any other health issues going on. Um, at 31 or 32. So it was it was really a point where I needed to see for my own eyes that this was going to help him. And what happened was a year from when he'd become plant-based. Well, well, I think that's when yeah. everything made the change yeah. because after a year, I had been going for three-month follow-ups of the tumor to make sure that it didn't change in size to get bigger or worse. And over the course of the year, there was no change. But after a full year, I went back to the ophthalmologist to do another retinal exam to kind of see if there was any difference. And there really was. And if you looked at the image again, you would see bright red arteries with clear blood flow going through the entire eye. The arteries were much wider than they were the year before. And the doctor looked at me and said, what happened? What medication are you on? How is this possible? And the truth is, all I changed was the food that I was putting into my body. I also made a change in my exercise regime. I went away from team sports and I moved into triathlon. And that seemed to work a lot better for me because I was getting to bed earlier at night and I was waking up early in the morning, but I was feeling a lot better with the way I was training myself. And so the retinal exam was a huge shift. And then not long after that, when I went back for another tumor exam, they told me that the tumor was starting to shrink. And that's not something that they see very often. And they thought I was taking medication without telling them. 
And so I wasn't. And so they changed me from three month checkups to six month, six month turned into a year, year turned into two. And then two, they said they never wanted to see me again. The doctor fired me as a patient. So things have gotten progressively better. And I haven't looked back since. That is incredible. And I think I love hearing about this eye test as well because just people, doctors and the person who's you know doing your exam, just to see that change when they've never seen something like that with no medication, with no intervention, well, maybe not very common anyway. It's so exciting even for them as well to know that that's possible. Especially nine years ago, right? Eight years ago we're talking about. I think more and more doctors are starting to be awakened to it today. And there's still a lot of work to do. But if you think about it, eight years ago, for that to have happened, they they were like, I I was there and they were like, what other doctors have you seen? What medications are you taking? What treatments are you doing? And he was like, I've changed the way I've eaten. They're like, yeah, no, 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 really? What? Tell me, like, did you go to the States? Because we're up in Canada. Did, Did you go to the States? What did you do? And he said, no, nothing. And although I had already been plant based for a while there, my, my, my mindset was always that of if I wanted a steak, I would eat it. And if I wanted cheese, I would eat it. So if that day came, I would have it. And I think that because I'm not as black and white, um, I think just knowing that it was available to me was what helped me commit to it. But that's when I said, okay, the kids need to be like vegetarians, not good enough. The kids need to be plant-based as well. They need to be on board too, because we need to make sure that we protect ourselves as much as possible. When you're about or think you're about to lose a family member and you're, you know, your life will never be the same again. You need to commit to yourself and everybody else in your family. You need to love yourself and everybody enough to make that decision to not wait until you're in the same situation that they're in, but to make that change now, make that change today because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And I mean, if you want pizza, have pizza. If you want a burger, you know, beyond meat stocks or rising high, you know, you can get everything that you need. You could have then and you can even more so now. It's not it's not worth getting sick over it. Absolutely. And I have to say, as a mother of two children, it's pretty incredible that you, first of all, you survived. You're right here, <laughs> you know, survived with a sick, like a husband getting such terrible, terrifying news whilst you're pregnant and then with a newborn. And then he's changing his diet right when you're in that sleep deprivation, healing, healing stage. Oh, total po- postpartum depression. Yeah. Yeah. I was right in there. <laughs> it's a testament to you as a person that you both that both of you in your relationship that you overcame that because it would be so easy for many people to just dip into despair and victimhood in in that in that time frame when your kids are so young and you don't have time to really think clearly when you're sleep deprived and you've got postnatal depression and you're like to think to cook a meal that's plant-based and learn a whole new way of cooking and a whole new way of viewing health it's massive and I'm so impressed with both of you for doing that because it's a lot to change. Like it's a lot. Thank you. We appreciate that. And I must admit that I was petrified that I was going to mess my kids up worse by making them plant-based than I would have been keeping them on for. And that was something, and because I did have, you know, the mental health issues going on, that was something I obsessed over for weeks and weeks and weeks was, am I going to give them what they need? Are they actually, you know, growing up in a society being told that we need all of these foods, you know, are their bones going to break? Are they not going to be able to run and jump and play? Are they not going to make the basketball team because I'm choosing to feed 
them plant-based, that was a huge obstacle for me. But that being said, we didn't transition them immediately. We waited a couple years before we understood what we were doing with ourselves and that we were doing it the right way before we brought them into it, which is not necessarily a good thing because we delayed the whole protection and and getting them into that lifestyle earlier which created its own challenges i think because we delayed that but now they are and i think that they're in a pretty good place and it's it's an ever-changing process with kids as you know because they change their taste buds every every five five seconds seconds. what do you want for dinner i love (laughs) this thing now i hate it the next day Yeah, we're gonna yeah. stock the fridge yeah. with this so thing. Let's you just like. get a pizza, mom. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know how I would have been because I went whole food plant based in two thousand and eight, and then well, I was overcoming multiple sclerosis diet, so it was allowed fish and seafood, and I was still having that those until I had Iggy, and I went vegan. I was breastfeeding him, and was like. Oh, the animals. I don't know why it just happened. <laughs> so I went vegan then. And so he he was plant-based because he was only a breastfed baby. So he just never had. But when I was pregnant with him, I was eating a bunch of stuff. And then now since then, I kind of just, we went the whole way. And with multiple sclerosis, because it's worse, often was worse for boys. And they often get it, even though it's not genetic, they get it because they live eat the same food as you, live in the same climate as you. All those things, they just said, look, protect your boys, feed them the same way as you. So I had a few years head start on it myself for when I had my children, which made it a bit easy because he just never learned anything else. And I think it would be hard because kids are fussy to say, now you you know how you love chicken nuggets? Well, now you can't have chicken nuggets. (laughs) That would be really tricky to have to have slowly change what they're used to when they're fussy toddler age. So hats off to you for doing that because some parents yeah, just don't even sure. bother. Yeah, thank you. Well, it was worth it, right? Because I wanted to be here long term and now they get to see the whole process. I mean, when I get up on stage and they're there listening to me talk, they hear the whole story. They're part of the whole story and they understand a little bit deeper into why they're doing it so that when their friends tease them at school, or when their friends are making fun of them outside of school, that they have a response or they have an understanding of why they're doing it and how they're taking care of themselves while they're growing up. And it's still a process. You know, they go through phases of emotion around their foods and they're, they're understanding it more and more as they get older, which is really cool. And it's funny because I don't think either of them really remember eating animal products, maybe maybe a bit of cheese and, and some egg, but the only stories that they ever tell us about them eating um, animal products are the ones that they've heard us tell on stage. Yeah. So I don't think they actually remember anything their own. They just hear the same stories over and over oh, again. Yeah. From How us. old are your, your kids now? 11 and 9. 11 and 9. Okay. So mine are Yeah. So that baby in my four. belly was 9 now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they've been whole food plant-based as long as they can remember, pretty much. Pretty much. They were. They came to me, I think they were like was he, five, four and six, six or three and five, something like that. And they were basically like, mom, we don't want eggs anymore. Stop feeding us eggs. You don't eat them. Daddy doesn't eat them. They taste yucky. You're not good at making them. We don't want them. We don't want them anymore. And I was like, well, you know what? That And like they literally got like the smallest sprinkle of cheese like once a week. Um 
that I, I had to keep the cheese in the freezer to make it like last long enough. I said, well, you know what? That cheese that we have in the freezer, um, I'm giving it to a friend and we're going to find a different kind of cheese for you. And that's it. We're all plant-based now. We're all vegan now. And um, they were like, okay, if that means we don't have to have eggs anymore, then fine. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. That, that was, was it. it. Until, they're like, they're supposed to be little chickens. Until you made a chickpea omelet. Oh, and- my God. She freaked out. He, or freaked, he, freaked, he freaked, out. freaked out. He came home and he said, what's for dinner? And I said, chickpea omelet. And I'd never made it before. Um, but I had been down to um, I'd been down to the knob to visit Jane Esselstyn and, and Dr. Esselstyn. Um, and I'd come home with with the cookbook. So I'm like, awesome chickpea omelet. So when he heard omelet, he immediately assumed I was putting chickpeas into eggs and somehow making that for dinner. And the kids started crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? He's like, I can't eat that. Why are you making that? And I, and I didn't understand why he was upset until I finally figured out that he actually thought it was a real omelet made from eggs. Um, and I don't normally make my kids something different for dinner, but that night I did. Yeah. I did not force it on him. <laughs> Poor kid. And now they love it. <laughs> It's interesting as well with schooling, I think, because I know for myself, I t- explain stuff to you. You explain things to your kids and sometimes you explain it in shorthand just because you're in a rush. Like, look, we don't go to McDonald's because it's poison food. <laughs> like, I'll just say, I'll just say that. But I don't mean it's got arsenic in it. Like, like it's right. not good for you, but I say it well, like that. It might. <laughs> I know. And then my kid, I, I went to a parent-teacher interview and one of the mums came up to me and she said, so my son's not eating McDonald's anymore because your son told him that it's got poison in it. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so. She's like, no, 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 it's good. Like, but now he only, he'll, he'll still eat KFC and Hungry Jacks. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was just an awkward moment where you're just thinking, oh my God, is she going to be angry at me? Or is she, you know, and then another time he had a lunch order and the kids were having lunch orders and Iggy had sushi and his friend was having a hot dog. And my son said, you know that there's pigs' buttholes in those. <laughs> That's great. I was like, well, you oh know my what? God, Iggy, please don't tell him. <laughs> no, you know, I struggle with that too. Like, should my children repeat the things you're going to end up friendless, we- babe, <laughs> if you keep going to school telling everyone that the hot dog's got pigs' buttholes in it. Right, but by the time they're 40, they might end up friendless too for other reasons <laughs> because those kids not, might not be there. I know, I know. You know, like... It's true. It's so true. But I do get home. He comes home and tells me these things and I think, oh, my gosh. I know. know, Like, I just say it in passing, but then he goes to school and, yes. Your kids have any moments like that at school or no? So they'll come home sometimes and say, why do all my friends eat these foods if we know that they hurt your heart or they know that they can give you cancer? And we're like, because they don't know because they don't know and we need to educate them and the way in what, you know, we through, through podcasting, through our talks, through Facebook lives that they do with us, you know, that's our way of, of getting it out. Um, hopefully they're not necessarily picking their friends off one at a time and being like, Hey, look, that food your mother's given you, you know, don't trust her anymore. Um, you know, but there, there's, but there's definitely times where, especially our son more than our daughter will come home extremely hurt by the way that his friends are treating him And, you know, like this year, they used to, a few years ago, they would hold up their deli meat in front of his face and go, meat, 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 meat. And that was a whole issue. And it was a good learning opportunity because we kind of took him through the steps of how do you deal with that? 
you know, first you say to your friends, please don't do that. It hurts my feelings. If it keeps going, then you go to the teacher. If it keeps going, then you go to the principal. If it keeps going, then, you know, you send mommy to school with the baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, obviously I wouldn't do that. But, you know, you, you tell mommy. About, I know. Mommy I always say, tell him I am going to come there. And <laughs> but I do the exact same thing. We just laugh because obviously right. I'm not. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, we kind of we took him through the steps. And then this year it was a little different. And it was like if his carrot would fall on the table the kids would say get that stupid vegan food away from us and we'd be like that's a carrot you have that in your lunchbox too um not really understanding where it's coming from you know that my kids are not bringing the if, if you looked into their lunchbox at first glance you wouldn't assume that their lunch was necessarily vegan or plant-based or or anything like that. You know, they still, for the most part, will have sandwiches or pasta or, uh, you know, fruits, vegetables, and, you know, a, a vegan bar, but like those bars are also gluten-free and nut-free and the same bars that every other kid are bringing to school too. So, you know, sometimes it's just about boys being boys where our daughter's in grade three and I don't think we've had any situation that's been negative with her in terms of food. No, and it's because there's been a shift over the last year or two where there's so many more options available in mainstream that are vegan. The fast food restaurants are starting to carry vegan products. The grocery stores have more options. Parents are starting to see the availability of it, not really understanding what it is or why it's necessary but because it's more readily available it's becoming widely accepted and so i think there's less of an intimidation factor less of a concern less of needing to pick on these people because this is the reality and this is what's available and it's just out there now more now we're getting a lot more of i wish my kids would eat more like yours Right. Where before it was like, yes, well, that McDonald's lady said that, too. Yeah. You know, before it was a lot more of, oh, my God, you're depriving your children of these foods. What are they going to do and how are they going to live? And, you know, are they going to survive? And now it's like, oh, I wish I would I can get my kid to eat like that, too. And, you know, we definitely concentrate a lot more on the whole foods and all of that at home. But I think everybody kind of has those junk foods, you know, like like popcorn or chips and like all of these you know, everybody's kind of got that in their cupboards these days. So when they go over for play dates, I always say fruits and vegetables only. And they're like, oh, but I went out and bought these special cookies. And I'm like, they're like, it says vegan on the box. I'm like, go for it. You know, um, I just appreciate that they're willing to do that for us. Same. Yeah, I do. I do. We have the similar thing where parents will bring out things that I'm like, I wouldn't necessarily feed that to my kid, but you've gone out of your way. So sometimes I let it. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, as, as long as people I'm, I'm not saying that we should make exceptions to make people feel good about what they've done for us. But at the same time, it does make it easier to kind of negotiate and, and navigate those conversations. With other people, when they see that you are not depriving your children and they still can have a cookie or, you know, a piece of vegan cake or a cupcake or, or something like that, they don't actually feel threatened as much that you're doing a better job than them than they are or that you know your own parents didn't do a good job raising you they kind of accept it a lot more and then when you do want to feed your kid a black bean burger instead of a beyond burger they're kind of like okay this they, they know what they're doing they you've got their respect a little bit more 
I agree. I think that it just helps. Initially, it can help get those conversations going rather than shutting them down immediately when you say no to the cookies and they're just like, oh, well, gosh, you're you're (laughs) impossible to reach and you're hardcore vegan and I'm not going to be friends with you. But if you're just a bit more relaxed sometimes and knowing that like like many guests on the show have said, if you're 98% and the odd biscuit comes in and and that you accept it to to extend and be able to have more conversation with these persons and you have more chance of teaching them and reaching them about the message of a whole food plant-based diet rather than just shutting it down, I'm not going to accept your biscuit and (laughs) get out. (laughs) Yeah. I think it makes... Things so much easier, and then you know you'll you'll have their your their cookie or or their their biscuit as you say down under, and um, and then you know then then they're more willing to like when you say like hey head to my website and you know check out some really great dessert recipes I have there or appetizers or dips, you know they it, it's it's like a sharing it's like a it's a yin and yang it's a giving and receiving. I think there was, especially when we first started, there were people that I think were very intimidated by the change that we've made. And because of that, I don't know if intimidate is the right word for it, but they, I think that some people may have thought, you know, that we thought we were better than them. And so we changed our lifestyle and we're eating differently. And that led to us changing our friend circle. And some people drifted away. And that's just the way things went. You know, people were a little uncomfortable inviting us over for dinner because they didn't know what to make for us anymore. Because all of a sudden, we don't eat the same food. And so I think we, we, transitioned away from certain friendships that we had and new ones came into our lives. And I think that was part of a difficult part of the transition that we went through, but it's another piece to it. Yeah. The the friendship part was hard. I think we realized in some cases who, which friendships we had that were just superficial and which friendships we had that were truly meaningful. And looking back, maybe that's not such a bad thing. At the time, it was hard. At the time, it was definitely hard because we were already going through such emotional trauma from, you know, even, even though when you're when you're told you're going to lose your husband, the day that you're told you're not, that's great in that day. But that emotional baggage kind of sticks with you, <laughs> kind of sticks with you. So, you know, we were still going. I, I had gone through some serious issues. I had gone through, PT, I was going through PTSD. I had depression, anxiety in and out over the next couple of years. So, you know, not having people to, like thinking we're, we're going to get together with friends that we normally do. And then all of a sudden the call, the calls stop happening. It's, it's a hard situation. It's interesting because I would have thought your friends would have been a little – some people who just go vegan or just go plant-based and they haven't had any health issues, it can be – it's easier to kind of understand. But I, I'm surprised a little that your friends, because you had such a health scare, that your friends weren't more like, well, he has to do this because he – They're doing this because he was so sick. That could be my fault because I don't know that I shared it with everybody so easily. I kind of kept a lot of it hidden because I felt a little weird that someone who was supposed to be so healthy and fit all of a sudden had a problem. And I don't know that I shared it with a lot of people until 
it got to a certain point where I decided I was then comfortable letting it out. I was going to say until we started a podcast and our cousins started calling us and saying, what are you talking about? What what right? happened? Like, and at the beginning, we were, um, I would say we were stricter than we are now. So the kids were younger. They were barely eating cookies and, and, and ice cream and things like that anyway. And we were 100% uh, whole food plant-based. Like no oils, no, well, maybe some oil, maybe some oil, but like we were not like if, if there were even faux hot dogs, then we weren't eating them. Uh, so it wasn't like people were like, okay, I'll just get some of these hot dogs and throw them on the grill when everybody else is having the other ones. We were like, no, we don't eat hot dogs. We eat beans. A lot of those we options weren't even around yeah, eight I don't, years I don't, ago. Well, maybe there was like the Eves company had like a lot of like the veggie ground round. Maybe they had hot dogs. I don't even think they did. So, so yeah, so those products weren't available. We weren't using the word vegan because we didn't identify as vegans. Then we still identify more as plant-based, but we are definitely vegan now. But at the time that wasn't our thing. And like I said, I didn't even know what vegan or plant-based was when he came home with yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah. for our friends to be like, Oh yeah, plant-based. Sure. We got your back. Um, you know, one person said, we're going out for dinner with Shoshana tonight. So make sure that there's enough foliage at the restaurant for her. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> foliage. foliage. That's very, very, <laughs> it's funny. I always, my, my mom, you said, what, what can I feed you? What do you eat? Like if you're I'm making a lamb roast, I'm just like, you know, the vegetables, more of that, just more of that. The vegetable part of the, whatever you're making. Me and the kids will be eating more of that. It doesn't seem like it seems such common sense, but then it's so not common sense. Like it was so massive for her. And it's hard now for me because I started on this journey, you know, 2004. And I can't even remember that. What do I eat thinking? Because it's been so long. But I know for my mom, she's still like, what? What could, you know. My mother was she the still same. Struggles. My mother was the same the way. Same. She's still the same way. What do you? You're better, mom. You're better. Yeah, what, what, are you, what are you going <laughs> to eat? I'll have the potatoes on the side and the vegetables that you make, and don't worry, I'll eat enough of it. Yeah, I'm like. But what else are you going to eat? Potatoes and broccoli. I tell her potatoes, broccoli, and salad, and she's like, "Well, what kind of potatoes? Sweet potatoes?" I'm like, "I don't care. White potatoes, sweet potatoes." She's like, "White potatoes? You like white potatoes?" <laughs> I'm like, We've been having. I, I love you, and I love that you're doing this for us. We've been having this conversation for ten years now. Um, you know, like, like, and and we're totally fine. Like, you know, potato and broccoli and salad. That's a meal, but because the meals that we're sitting down to are like the big family meals, like the holiday meals, everybody else is indulging. Um, she wants us to indulge too. So, you know, there, there's been years where she's make like, made like little patties or little burgers, but, or quinoa, quinoa but, salads and yeah. yeah and, and yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate it and she's trying, but and it's great. It's just, it's just a meal, you know, yeah. it's about the people you're with and, and that's really changed for us. You know, changing what we eat was more than just what we eat. We've really changed, you know, we've changed to becoming people of gratitude, to paying more attention to the environment, to the insects around us, to the way that we react in traffic. Um, you know, it, it's just a whole different lifestyle. It's changed us completely. I like to say I blend in on the outside, but I'm a big hippie on the inside, right? People lose fact that when we get together with family, it's all about the food and it's not all about the food. It's about what you just said. It's about the people and about 
the connection and the relationship. And that's what we should be focused on much more than we are about what's on the plate, you know, Mm. be with the people that you're with. Absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes you hear people saying, oh, you know, um, I want to have a vegan wedding, but, you know, half the family won't go. (laughs) And and to me, you're just thinking, wow. So you're really just going for the food. You're not happy for their marriage. You know, it's one meal of your whole life (laughs) with friends of you who are celebrating their love, but you won't rock up because you're not going to get steak at their wedding. Or people will give less because they're not going to get steak. But when, it, in, in fact, the vegan meal is going to cost more than yeah. the, the Philly meal meal. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that breaks my heart. I always hear it when people comment that so many times in vegan threads. And I think, oh, my gosh, like you're inviting them, obviously, because you love them in some way. Like there's love there and you want them to witness you spending your day proclaiming your love for your, you know, your fiance who's becoming your husband or wife. And they're just like, you know, I don't give a shit about that. I'm just here because I would like the cake and I'd like some prawns on my plate and your or shrimp. It's mind blowing, but it is the way it is. We're just being conditioned to really think about food as the pinnacle of joy in our life rather than our life being the pinnacle of joy, our life and our loved ones. Yeah, it's really, really sad. And if we were to get married today, we'd probably have like vegan kale mac and cheese and like like all these like delicious it'd be delicious anyway it'd be delicious anyway who knows what we'd have we have to plan a bar mitzvah in two years we'll have to figure out how to how to get that going for the family to all come and enjoy the food you'd be fine the food's gotten so much better as well like nowadays oh my gosh we had a potluck here on sunday and there was so much delicious food even my parents would have loved it it was so tasty so I was going to ask you after then, how did you, how did that go for your work and your careers? Like how did this, making this change affect what you do in your careers? So I still continue to teach health and phys ed in high school and together we decided to start podcasting and we leaned into the health and fitness world from a plant-based perspective. And so we started plant trainers and Shush was teaching and she decided to stop teaching traditional school and move into teaching people more about nutrition from a plant-based perspective. Yeah, and over the years it's looked it's looked a little bit different depending on what I was going through in my own life or what I was really interested in. So anything from, you know, disease reversal and prevention to helping families become fully plant-based. And what I have learned over the years through, um, you know, our own health struggles and victories and those of some of the people who we've worked with as well is I've just collected a whole bunch of tools that are more holistic. Like I said, it wasn't for us. It it started off with just the food, but it changed everything in our lives. And I have tools today to help people in just about any kind of situation and and health situation that you could think of, whether it's physical health or emotional health, um, you know, from a point of nutrition, from the point of the way that you interact with others, from your exercise. And I'm not huge on on nutrition supplements, but there are supplements out there that are completely different from those out there that work um, on, on an exponential level, helping people 
to reduce their symptoms or even get rid of them completely. So just what I've been able to do within the business now and help people on such a wide scope, even if they're not willing to change their food just yet. Because what I found is there were a lot of people who said, I don't have energy to think about a different kind of meal to make. I I can't get up in the morning. My brain fog is too much. I can't use my hands because they're too inflamed. How am I going to cut a salad every day? So if I can help them in these other ways first, and then they start to listen to the podcast, they start to see the social media, and then all of a sudden they get back to me and they say, you know what? I haven't eaten red meat in three weeks, and I haven't eaten chicken in one. And all of a sudden, and you know, I, I added in that smoothie I saw you do on Facebook Live the other day. And all of a sudden, these people who told me that they would never change the way they ate because I've given them energy back or or because I've helped them find energy again, because we've helped reduce inflammation, because we've taken away discomfort, all of a sudden they're able to make these changes. So what we've been able to do there is huge. Adam loves working with athletes um, and and really helping anybody to, to change their diet. And, you know, and all of that has shifted into how do we help more health coaches like us to get their message out and help even more people in terms of podcasting? So we're actually launching the Vegan Podcast Academy where we're helping coaches of all kinds, doesn't matter, smiling coaches, um, you know, health coaches, any kind of coaches out there, sex, sex coaches, whatever it is to create their own podcast so that they can help the world too. Because as vegans, as plant-based people, whether we're health coaches or not, our messages are so strong and we need to be heard louder than everybody else. So that's really exciting for us. That's what we're doing now too. That is so exciting. When does that launch for people who are interested? Um, so if if you've probably got a week on, on when the recording comes out, it's probably going to be launched already. So they could find us at um, veganpodcastacademy.com slash go. Oh, I, I love that name. It's great. We're very proud. We're like, it's like our third child. <laughs> our third or fourth because the plant trainers podcast may be i guess third. so i guess and then there's a cat and yeah all those good things a few <laughs> many children okay and so people can find you at plant trainers and at veganpodcastacademy.com if people are interested in in any ways that we help people in terms of health coaching, they could just email us at info at planttrainers.com. Our podcast is on all different podcasting platforms. Uh, our recipes and everything else that we do is at uh, planttrainers.com. And yeah, we're just really excited to, you know, have have interaction with the people who are listening to the work that we're doing. Well, everyone will be because your story is amazing. And I know that you're both so knowledgeable and experienced. And I, I love, I like, I wish my husband was a f- into fitness. Well, he is kind of. Sorry, Rinjit. Hi, you're listening. <laughs> Get back to doing the thousand steps. There's a Kokoda Trail training up here and he has been doing it every morning, but he's just been off it for the last week. But having the fitness, the two of you together, it's such a beautiful, beautiful pairing and with your podcast and the work that you do, like it's such a beneficial body of work for people and a gift to everyone who wants to change their health and wants to change it physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, like the whole package. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And, and because you've had your own healing journey, I think that that is so powerful for people who are living with chronic disease and not knowing where to go. They can talk to you both. So 
That is so awesome. So lastly, before we go, what would be your three biggest tips for people who are wanting to make the switch to a whole food plant-based diet? Well, I think the first thing would be not to be intimidated and not to be worried about what other people are thinking. If you know you're doing the right thing for your body, for the environment, for the animals, then you need to take the right steps in that direction. And what that looks like for everybody is very different. And you heard my story. Mine is overnight. I'm done. I'm in. Whereas shush, it takes it takes a lot more time. That so one piece of pizza. Yeah, <laughs> for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. And it could be as simple as starting off with one meal a week or one meal a day. Breakfast is usually the easiest for people to do a plant based meal. And the other thing I would say would be not to try to take things out of your diet or your lifestyle, but rather find good things and throw them in and sprinkle them in at whatever pace that you're comfortable with. Not all in one. If you're not good with that, take your time. Like it really depends on on you. Those would be two big ones. It's such a good way to think of it. To adding things in is such a great way. I think many people think my life's already impossible. I feel terrible. And now you're taking all this away. And I was just talking about to, uh, to somebody the other day. Think about it as what, what exciting things can you add in that will taste amazing as well and feel amazing in your body? Yeah. And the funny thing is when you add things in slowly over time, those things that are not as good for you kind of fade away because you lose the interest in having them. And so the good things, more you put into it, then Say that again. the... When you put the good things in, the the things that are not as good start to drift out. And the third thing that I'd say is no matter where you are in your journey, I think it's important that you share it and that we're so fixated on being perfect and people are like, oh, I don't want to tell people that I'm doing this until I've done it 100% or, you know, I'm, I'm only going to share my story once once my journey is complete. But I think that it's important for everybody else. And, I'm you know, whether whether, you know, whether you're a health coach or not, whoever you are listening, you're on a journey, share it on social media, share your up, share your down, share your victory, share your hiccups, maybe even make a podcast out of it. I don't know. Join, join the podcast of Academy. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you share these little bits with everybody as you go, it's real and other people hold on to it. And we're so obsessed with reality TV, um, you know, nowadays in this world. So become your own reality TV so that you can inspire people that way. Uh, because the more work we do in terms of educating others and inspiring others, the better place this world's going to be. Absolutely. That's, such a, that's the first time anyone's ever said that. I always loved, most most time the tips are, they're... The community and education are often listed in the tips. And it's always a new one every single episode, actually. But this one I've never, ever heard before. And I think it's wonderful because it shows that it isn't linear, that we don't just go, whoop, where, oh, well. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but, okay, sometimes. But, for, but even doing that, I mean, I'm sure there were times where we had slipped something in. Like maybe we didn't know what way was back then. And like, maybe we ate dairy and didn't know. But if we would have like said, hey, guys, we screwed up today royally. This is why. And then maybe we could have kept like 10 other people from screwing up royally too. And that's a whole other Not lesson. that it's a royal screw up. But that's a whole other lesson in itself. You know, when you do something that's not the way you want it to be, or you make a mistake in air quotes, 
you got to learn to let that go and keep moving forward. Because if you focus on the mistake, you're just going to beat yourself up and it's just not worth the time, the energy. You might as well just refocus, say, okay, it's done. I'm going to move forward and do the best I can and continue on that path. Are you sending me subliminal messages? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I agree. And I think so many people around me have done the same thing where they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, today I had a friend come over with a whole tray of donuts and I ate all the donuts. And now I'm just finished. I'm just eating whatever I want. And you just, that's just one, like, even if you ate the whole tray, which you didn't eat the whole tray, obviously, just the next meal is a chance for a new, different decision. Just keep going. All, all the more reason to try to balance that out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. And I am so excited for you with this Vegan Podcast Academy because there are so many vegans out there who need a podcast and need to share their stories so that more people can hear them. They do, for sure. So yeah, we've got to take over the world. We do. We absolutely <laughs> well, thank do. Thank you. And I wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I think good people find each other. And, you know, you've got you're doing amazing things. You've you've overcome so much in your own life as well. And it, it's just it's wonderful connecting with you and to be able to hear more about your story and share share ours as well. So thank you so much. We're grateful. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I really, really love this podcast platform for connecting with people like yourselves. And well, I'm so far away in Australia. So it's you guys have all these people in America that I want to hang out with. So I get to hang out with them this way. This is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is as good as it gets for now. And it inspires me, every single guest that comes on the show and the work that you're doing and every single guest. Like we've had you're a hundred, episode 105 and every guest on, on the show has um, – not only have they transformed their health from just the darkest places, but they've gone on to just spread magic where you go, you know, spreading magic around the world. And I think that that's, I love knowing that people like you are out there doing that, helping the animals, helping the planet, helping people's health. It's just wonderful. And raising people who are going to have a ripple effect as well in their own way. So that's wonderful. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adam and Shoshana, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. I really, really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you did too. If you have any comments, please head over to the show notes and leave your comments there and then either myself or Shoshana or Adam will get back to you with a reply or you can leave your comments over on social media after the link to this episode. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, I put out new episodes every Monday slash Tuesday here in Australia time, but in American time, that would be Sunday slash Monday. And every week it's a new health transformation story or it's a special guest expert who is focused on the benefits of a whole food plant-based diet, such as doctors, nutritionists, dietitians, professionals, in the arena. So please, if you're wanting more inspiration and hope, subscribe so that you can hear their opinions along with all of the vegan health transformations that are on the show so far, 105 episodes. If you haven't yet left a review over at iTunes, that would make my day. You just head over to iTunes on your iPhone at the on the podcast app. Um, if you've got an 
I don't know when they started putting that podcast app on those phones, but that's where you'll find it. And if you scroll down all the 100 episodes, 105 episodes, you want to scroll to the bottom and you'll find a section where it leaves you an option to review the podcast. And it makes such a difference to the reach of this podcast, the more kind reviews there are, the more ratings, five-star ratings there are. So it would mean the world to me if you could take the, take a moment and leave a review over there. Thank you to everyone who already has. And yes, thank you to Adam and Shoshana for coming on the show. And if you haven't yet headed, headed over to planttrainers.com, you can find so much more from them over there, as I said in the introduction. So please head over there, like their Facebook pages and social media accounts, and you'll hear and learn a lot more from them and subscribe to their podcast, the Plant Trainers Podcast, where you'll hear so much more from them and the people who come on their show. So yes, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you all next week. Bye. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other